Hi, everybody. It's Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. I hope you're doing well. This is the gloriously anticipated truth about sexually transmitted diseases. Because if I can wake up, do my work in the day, go to bed and say I've helped at least one person avoid some intergalactic face-rotting crotch fire, uh, I feel that it would be a good day, a day well spent. You probably want to go through your life avoiding the kind of STDs that will clamp on your face like you're John Hurt and implant something unholy into your belly. So STDs, um, more than 20 different infections that are transmitted through the exchange of semen, blood, and other body fluids, or by direct contact with the affected body areas of people with STDs. Despite, or perhaps because of, increased education and awareness, the rate of STDs in America is rising. Approximately, oh, (laughs) hold on to your groin like you're Michael Jackson in a spotlight, Approximately 20 million new cases of STDs occur every year in the United States. And a prevalence, uh, there is a prevalence of new and ongoing infections combined of 110 million people, only half of whom have actually been in contact with Paris Hilton. That breaks down to over 54,000 new cases of sexually transmitted diseases every single day. The United States, yay, number one, has the highest rate of STD infection in the industrialized world. One in two sexually active young people will get an STD by the age of 25. Less than half of adults aged 18 to 44 have ever been tested for an STD other than HIV, AIDS. So here's some... Examples, um, sexually transmitted infection rates in the U.S. per year. Human papillomavirus, 14.1 million. Chlamydia, which I thought was a very nice uh, kind of hydrangea, 2.8 million. And uh, (laughs) it just goes on and on. So this is what is lurking out there in the groins of bar-hugging people that look good around 2 o'clock in the morning with beer goggles on. So um, hazmat suits for everyone (laughs) and then go to town. There are some significant long-term effects, health effects for uh, STDs. It's not, oh, doctor, uh, it hurts when I pee here, take these pills and everything's fine. As many in one in five Americans have genital herpes at the moment, which is a lifelong but manageable infection. Yet up to 90% of those with herpes are unaware that they have it, with more than 50 million adults in the U.S. with genital herpes. And over three-quarters of a million new infections each year, some estimates suggest that by 2025, up to 40% of all men and half of all women could be infected with genital herpes. At least 15% of all American women who are infertile can attribute it to tubal damage caused by pelvic inflammatory disease, the result of an untreated STD. So uh, tragically, it can for women, and, and STD rates among women are higher, and because a lot of times they can't tell that they have it because of the indoor plumbing. Uh, So up to 15% of infertility can be traced back to an untreated STD. Only 54% of college students regularly use condoms during vaginal intercourse, 29% during anal intercourse, and only 4% during oral sex. 87% of men know how to use a condom correctly, (laughs) compared to only 60% of uh, women. An incredible 
60% say they would still have sex even if their partner refused to wear a condom. Ladies, not wise. Over half the participants in a study of college students believe that they can tell if someone has an STD just by looking at them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not the same. Like, you can tell penis size by looking at the, uh, uh, the length of the forehead on a human being, but it's not as easy to tell STDs just by looking at someone. 80% of people who have a sexually transmitted disease experience no noticeable symptoms. This often means that since there's no apparent cause for concern, they're unlikely to get tested, allowing them to transmit the disease to other partners. STDs cost the U.S. healthcare system roughly $17 billion each year. This is just direct costs. The indirect costs of the doctors could actually be doing other things uh, are not counted. So to put this in perspective, in the last financial year, both Google and General Electric each made $13 billion in net income. Citigroup made $13.4 billion, Johnson & Johnson made $13.8 billion, and Walmart made $16 billion. So these uh, giant corporate um, incomes are still less than the cost of STDs. As we mentioned, half of new infections occur among young people between 15 and 24 years old. Ah, condoms. Don't worry, they are interstellar deep space Star Trek shield Kevlar protection for your junk. Well, not really so much. So this is from a pamphlet called STD Scenarios, which, uh, which is aimed at middle school students. And it says this, Greg and Cecilia have been dating for seven months and recently became sexually active. Now, Greg has developed a burning sensation when he urinates, which means he's not just sexually active, but may in fact be radioactive. Could Greg and Cecilia have avoided this situation? Yes. How? Greg and Cecilia could have avoided the situation by abstaining from sex or using condoms. They can abstain or use condoms in the future with each other and with any other partners they may have. Well, the uh, little wee microbes that take up residence in your junk are kind of twigs and berries travelers. It's not just the shaft of your penis that they can live on, uh, and so a uh, condom is not surefire protection against STD transmission. So, for instance, with herpes, using a condom only lowers your risk of getting the lifelong virus by 30%. Human papilloma virus, 50 to 70% lower risk, but some studies have shown no protective effect associated with condom use for women. Chlamydia and gonorrhea only cuts your chances by half. Syphilis, again, it only cuts your chances down by half to get the infection if you're wearing condom. In one study of sexually active African-American teen girls, despite 100% condom use, one in five became infected with chlamydia, gonorrhea, or trichomonas within 28 months. So it's not quite the same as phone sex. One in five is a lot, but the actual rate of acquiring an STD was probably even higher because the study did not look at HPV and herpes, which are two of the most common, commonly transmitted STDs. There's also, um, you're getting ninja Ninja junk rot, uh, I think is the technical phrase. I don't speak a lot of Latin, but I think that's it. So they're adapting. Uh, they, of course, want to survive uh, at the expense of your boner. And uh, so gonorrhea is the second most common STD, but it's growing resistant to the only effective antibiotic left to treat it. 
The Centers for Disease Control, which notes that gonorrhea, quote, is a major cause of serious reproductive complications in women and can facilitate HIV transmission, is urging doctors to try a combination treatment for the infection instead. Drug-resistant diseases are rapidly becoming a serious global health issue, which is why I now never leave my studio. So herpes, genital herpes is an STD caused by two types of viruses. The viruses are called herpes simplex type 1 and herpes simplex type 2. About 16% of Americans between the ages of 14 and 49 are infected with genital herpes, making it one of the most common sexually transmitted diseases. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has reported that 48% of all black women between the ages of 14 and 49 are infected with genital herpes. 39% of all African Americans are infected with herpes compared with 12% of all whites. It is estimated that there are 19 million new herpes infections every single year. And currently there is no cure for herpes. So it's important to break this down by race, uh, otherwise we're painting with too broad a brush, so to speak. So chlamydia infection rates per 100,000 population. Uh, Asians, 112.9 infections per 100,000. Whites, 179.6. Hispanics, 380.3. Blacks, 1,229.4. This is more than 10 times the rate of uh, Asian infection. The rates of chlamydia infections among blacks is almost seven times the rates among whites. Gonorrhea infection rates per 100,000 population, Asian 16.9, whites 31, Hispanic 60.4, blacks 462. So again, if you're in a higher risk population, then you need to be uh, even more careful about uh, what is uh, going on. The rate of gonorrhea among blacks was almost 15 times the rate among whites. Syphilis infection rates per 100,000, Asians 2, whites 2.7, Hispanics 5.7, blacks 16.4. The rate of syphilis infection, 6 times, 6.1 times the rate of whites. HIV infection rates per 100,000 population, Asians 8, whites 8 and a quarter, Hispanics 25.65, blacks 66.4. So, my uh, brethren, please... <laughs> Slap on uh, some more condoms, find a stable partner, uh, stay in a monogamous relationship, don't cheat. Uh, you are inviting some pretty permanent strangers to come and knock in at your doors. 46% of diagnoses of HIV infection was among black adults and adolescents. Well, what is the role of religion in all of this? America is by far the most religious country uh, in all of the Western democracies. The consequences of risky sexual behavior can drastically alter a young person's entire life trajectory. Some actions taken based on those fears, such as the promotion of sexual abstinence, deny youth information and access to contraceptives. An analysis of data from a large federal study found that more than half of youths became sexually active before marriage because they are godless sinners. And uh, it didn't matter whether they had taken a, quote, virginity pledge, but that the percentage who took precautions against pregnancy or sexually transmitted diseases was 10 points lower for pledgers than for non-pledgers. So just to sort of help that uh, make sense, more than half of youths get sexually active before marriage. Uh, but if you've taken, and it didn't matter whether you've taken a virginity pledge or not, 
But uh, if you had, then you took less precautions or fewer precautions against STDs. 82% of those who had taken a pledge still engaged in sexual intercourse. There was no significant difference in the proportion of pledgers or non-pledgers who had engaged in any type of sexual activity, including giving or receiving oral sex, vaginal intercourse, the age at which they first had sex, or their number of sexual partners. So it doesn't seem to stop anybody from having sex. Uh, Of course, teenage sexuality is a force uh, that I believe is stronger than just about any other force in nature, and uh, pledges don't seem to do much to change that, but it does lower protections. The percentage of students who reported condom use was approximately 10% lower for those who had taken the pledge, and they were about six percentage points less likely to use any form of contraception. For example, 24% of those who had taken a pledge said they always used a condom compared with about 34% of those who had not. There's a Dr. Janet E. Rosenbaum said, there's been a lot of work that has found that teenagers who take part in abstinence-only education have more negative views about condoms. These programs tend not to give accurate information about condoms and birth control. The religiosity of a state was found to be very highly correlated with teen birth rates. Uh, more, the more religious a state was, the higher the teen birth rate. And um, I guess maybe uh, breeding new religious people is easier than converting skeptics, so maybe this is sort of correlated that way. When controlling for income to ensure that the correlation cannot be attributed to household income, the analysis indicated that the correlation between religiosity and teen birth rates was still highly significant. Low religiosity or non-religiosity correlated with lower teen birth rates. A World Health Organization review of 19 studies of sex education programs found that there was no evidence that sex education leads to earlier or increased sexual activity in young people. In fact, six studies show that sex education programs actually led to a delay or decrease in sexual activity. Ten of the studies showed that education programs increased safer sex practices among young people who were already sexually active. I mean, we spend a lot of time and energy teaching teenagers how to safely drive cars because the consequences can be so disastrous if they don't drive them safely. You know, driving the penis and vagina jigsaw puzzle, especially when it can be liberally coated with face-rotting interstellar ringworms, I think is uh, pretty important, and the studies seem to bear that out. When parents frankly discuss their use, the use of condoms with teens, teenagers are three times more likely to use condoms and less likely to be infected by STDs or involved with an unintended pregnancy. What are the worst states for STDs? Oh, yes. Uh, the sexual tourism not-so-much list. Uh, Arkansas was the fifth tied most religious state, seventh for chlamydia, seventh for gonorrhea, and ninth for syphilis. South Carolina, uh, fifth most religious state, fifth for for chlamydia, fourth for gonorrhea, and 13th for syphilis. 13th for syphilis. Not a bad name for a horror movie. Mental note. Alabama, second most religious state, third for chlamydia, third for gonorrhea, and 15th for syphilis. Georgia, seventh most religious state, eighth for chlamydia, fifth for gonorrhea, and first for syphilis. Yay, Georgia. It's not only on your mind, it's in your groin forever. Mississippi, first most religious state, first for chlamydia, first for gonorrhea, but only 11th for syphilis. Come on, Mississippi, you can do better. Louisiana, fourth most religious state, fourth for chlamydia, second for gonorrhea, and third for syphilis. They all be southern states. I think so. Spanking. Yes, it's a free domain radio presentation. We have to do it. Don't fight it. 
Spanking is associated with an increased probability of alienation from parents. And alienation from parents, in turn, is associated with an increased probability of risky sex for psychological reasons that I'm sure would make Freud's head both rotate and explode in a combination of poltergeist and scanners. With both men and women, the more an individual was spanked before the age of five, uh, 12, sorry, the greater likelihood that he or she would insist on having sex without a condom. In the same study, spanking is associated with a 38% reduction in participants who had high degrees of self-control. High self-control is associated with a 39% decrease in the percentage who insisted on sex without a condom. Thus, spanking is related to insisting on sex without a condom, in part because spanking is associated with a lower probability of self-control. Spanking, of course, is an external means of enforcing will. It does nothing to develop internal willpower. It only increases resistance to authority or to good behavior, because if good behavior is enforced through spanking, people don't internalize it. Sort of reminds me like um, I went through a brief drinking phase for about a week or two when I was young. And then when I went to college, I didn't do any drinking because I'd already done it. And um, the, the people I knew who hadn't done any of it when they went to college, they generally got face blitzed and ended up ralphing in a wide variety of unsavory places. And while I was like, I'm sorry, I can't come out drinking. I've got to work on my first essay. Oh, I was an extremely popular keener. Spanking is associated with a 30%, 32% increase in approval of violence as an adult. Violence approval is associated with a 56% increase in insisting on sex without a condom. The tendency of spanking to undermine the parent-child bond helps to explain why spanking is linked to problems such as antisocial behavior, delinquency, lower academic achievement, and crime. This should not be a giant shock that parents who regularly hit their children are decreasing the bond. There's not a lot of cards uh, for, like, happy anniversary, my husband. I'm so glad you're hitting me so much. I've never felt closer. Spanking also slows cognitive development and lowers academic achievement. Low academic achievement has also been shown to be associated with risky sex and adolescent pregnancy. So you can look at Dr. Murray Strauss's work here. He's been on this show. Check out The Primordial Violence, Spanking Children, Psychological Development, Violence, and Crime. And we'll put the link in the low bar. Gender and Pregnancy. Untreated syphilis in pregnant women results in infant death in up to 40% of cases. Women who are pregnant can pass STDs to their babies. Genital herpes, syphilis, and HIV can be passed to babies during pregnancy and at delivery. The harmful effects of STDs in babies may include stillbirth, a baby that is born dead, low birth weight, less than 5 pounds, brain damage, blindness, and deafness. As we uh, mentioned, the female anatomy places women at a unique risk for STD infection compared to men. The lining of the vagina is thinner and more delicate than the skin on a penis, so it's easier for bacteria and viruses to penetrate. So how much can you trust someone that you've just met that your hormones are saying, let's plug in the blind photocopier and make more of these hormones with a body around it? Well... 56% of single men and women admit to committing infidelity within one or more of their past relationships. 18% of married individuals admit to committing infidelity at least once during their marriage. This is self-reported and I would imagine is significantly on the low side. In a chilling indictment of people's romantic and sexual competence, 71% of married individuals say they would have an affair if they knew they would never get caught. Ew! 
Oh, sorry, I've been holding that in all presentation. An alarming 31% of all women say they would not tell a future partner if they had a sexual disease. This rises for 65% for single women. So, if she has an STD, she's two-thirds likely not to tell you. Oh, patient zeros? These statistics are all self-reported, and again, the reality is that they're probably low. Even without STDs, so we're talking about sexually transmitted diseases. We're going to shift slightly to sexually transmitted dysfunctions. Uh, so, of course, uh, marriage. This is um, stable marriage rate. Uh, this is a significantly large group of uh, people who were interviewed. Uh, the women were interviewed and long-term stability of marriage. Divorce is a sexually transmitted disease in many ways. So here is um, the risk of divorce for men with the number of lifetime non-marital sexual partners for women. So if you get married to a woman who is a virgin bride, then you have an over 80% chance of the marriage succeeding. And of course, when marriages fail, it costs men tens of thousands of dollars, possibly access to their children, hundreds of thousands of dollars in child support or alimony. So if, you, uh, if your bride is a virgin, 80%, over 80% chance that the marriage will succeed. 75% if it's one partner uh, with a virgin bride, so if you have sex before marriage. Uh, 69% uh, one partner, non-virgin bride, if you have intercourse. If the woman has had one sexual partner before you get married other than you, obviously, then it falls from over 80% chance for the marriage to succeed to under 54% chance that the marriage will succeed. If the woman has had two partners, it drops down to 43.65%. Three partners, 39.35%. Four partners, bucking the trend. We go back up to 41% of marital success. If the woman has had five partners, you're down below 30% chance for your marriage to succeed. Six to 10 partners, they just give up at this point and basically it's just become a giant baby oil-laced Roman orgy. Uh, 28.7%, 11 to 15 partners, 29.61%, 29.61%, 16 to 20 partners before you get married, 17.8%. And uh, when they're just given 21 plus, which probably involves really garish lighting, 70s music, and a webcam, then we're at 20% chance for the marriage to succeed. So as, now for a man, the more sexual partners that your woman uh, has had, your bride has had, the less chance you have for your marriage to succeed. Uh, again, this is, um, you know, correlation is not causation, but I would say this is a pretty strong correlation and something to be very much aware of uh, when you are thinking of getting married. So um, keep it in your pants or keep it in the same woman's orifice or keep hopping on the same guy's penis. Um, trust, don't have affairs. Uh, this stuff is seriously scary. Bad for you, uh, bad for your junk, bad for your reproductive system, bad for your self-esteem. Uh, there is a bit of an epidemic out there. I'm not trying to be all alarmingly or preachy, but you know, every time I talk about sexual restraint, people just like to slap on the little Victorian uh, <laughs> priest uh, neck thing uh, around me, like I'm just sort of sort of finger wagging. Oh, I think nobody should ever have sex because I <laughs> would rather invade Burma. And uh, it's not true. I mean, sex is a wonderful, beautiful, joyous, fantastic part of adult life. Kind of makes up for taxes in a lot of ways. And uh, we should uh, enjoy it in the long term rather than satisfy dangerous desires in the short run and live with the long term baggage and danger 
of indulgences. So thank you everyone so much. If you found this information useful, we are a donation-based life form. Uh, we are a parasite. And if you could help us out, we would really appreciate it. Uh, FDRURL.com slash donate. Have yourself some great, great safe sex right now. <laughs>